Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. But there's a lot you can tell about whiskey before you ever taste it. A ton. And the majority of it. Some cute puppies barking Welcome around. to Seaweed. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Seaweed. I'm so easily distracted by dogs. I've got three dogs of that my own. The so. first thing you said to me when you walked up, you were like, you did not tell me there'd be cute dogs here. And I was like, there's a lot of cute dogs here. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of the Seawee Spotlight Podcast. For those that don't know, we went to Seawee. We record a podcast all the time, and this episode is with Jen. From Brown Foreman. Yes, and Forge Jen as well. That's correct. So we talked about Jen. We talked about Forge Jen. That's right. And we talked, <laughs> we talked about, about some, Brown Foreman stuff. Some old Forester. Yep. We enjoyed some old Forester pours. We did. As we had well a great as, conversation. Yeah. yeah. I think you'll find the uh, the gin discussion and about the distillate and how that process goes with gin versus whiskey uh very interesting yeah we had a great time talking to her and we're looking forward to the future she's invited us out to oh, do some right. stuff yeah, with when, us when we're, we're in louisville yes yeah so enjoy en- enjoy well we're live bam just oh, like that that's it and we're live well we're not live we're but we're recording we're live here yeah we're live amongst here amongst ourselves so and we're out here at seaweed for those that can't tell by the new backdrop. And that obnoxious squeak. And That's we just, our lovely tent, right? Yeah, this yeah. tent is... Uh, <laughs> sorry about the outside noise. I don't know what you do about it. Yep. I'll do my best to edit it out later. But we did you all a favor, and we have with us a Brown Foreman rep. Yeah. Yep, we're going to talk about some gin and some old Forrester. And your name is Jen. My name is Jen, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I work for Forge Gin. And my social media is actually Forge Jen, which is pretty great. So anytime someone's searching the brand, I'm like that very next yeah, profile. So I'm just like constantly Excellent. earning followers that way. It's pretty great. That's you, clever. We were given one bottle of gin and now you brought another one, right? I did. Yeah. So you, our local team brought you guys Fords, which is our Fords original batch. 
absolutely incredible. We are a bartender run brand. Um, oh, and cool. we decided we would create like a really fun line extension sort of in honor to what Navy strength is. Are you guys yeah. familiar with Navy strength, Jen? No, 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 no. You were talking, you were talking about it earlier and I didn't ask on purpose because I wanted to save it for the we don't know, That's what I figured. We don't know yeah. anything about it. Whiskey and bourbon, we got it. But gin, other than I think it's made out of juniper berries. Like, uh, I don't I know. I mean, that's like the most important thing to <laughs> yeah. know. So. Okay. Okay, so um, Navy Strength is actually this really cool um, sort of homage to history. So what was happening is um, there was the British Royal Navy when they were set in sail and, and taken over the seas, basically. They used to have uh, an overproof version of gin on the ships. You commonly see like overproof rums as well. Yeah, I know overproof rum and right. I know it's related to the Navy. Yeah. So Navy Strength is an homage to the British Royal Navy. So they were really drinking gin on the ship. And so what that is, is an overproof version of a gin. Many gin companies produce their own versions of it. We actually refer to ours as an overproof because we're coming in a little bit shy on the ABV for mm -hmm. what you would standardly see a Navy strength at. So our ABV here is 54.5. Oh, so wow. Almost 110, 109 It's proof. 109 yeah. proof. Yeah, I love that you do the math. That's great. <laughs> 109 proof. We're forged in our original batch is coming in at 90. So okay. we're seeing quite a significant yeah. jump here. Same exact distillation method, same botanical recipe. The only difference is how we're cutting that proof. And then for the Navy strength, to try to keep it as historically accurate as possible, while on those ships, the way that they would have stored it at the time would have been whatever was readily available for materials. And it more than likely was always sherry barrels. Oh, okay. that's cool. So we rest our um, version of our Navy strength, which is called Officer's Reserve, in sherry barrels for three weeks. Oh, wow. And that's where you're getting that color. color. Yeah. yeah. And it's so oh. fun because while you're playing with that significantly higher ABV, there's something beautiful and unique that the sherry does to it. And it's also kind of sneaky because yeah. if you don't read that bottle and see like, oh, we're drinking 109 proof, yeah. you look almost at, won't even feel it. Look at the inside label. How cool is that? Oh, our graphics, aren't oh, they that beautiful? Is that is awesome. A sneaky inside oh, label is one of my favorite things. I um, know, yeah. But I, we only see it really on, we see it on rum a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. see it on whiskey very much. No. It's too dark, can't see through it. Yeah, that's true. We do it, it's a big part of our branding. We we refer to ourselves as a well-traveled gin, um, just okay. sort of playing into the identity of who we are. But one of the cool things is, Ford's was started by a bunch of bartenders. It's actually named after a gentleman named Simon Ford, who is sort of Mr. Gin, and everyone knows him. He used to work back in the day for a company, Pernod Ricard. Okay. Um, and he was sort of like the big advocate in the early 2000s when there was a big cocktail resurgence that was constantly promoting and, and sharing the love of gin. Yeah. Came over from Britain to do so. Very cool. And so what, the big thing we realized is there's like a lot of versatility in gin, as there is with cocktails as well. Yeah. So finding a gin that sort of sits in the middle of that flavor spectrum was tricky. So he decided to work with a bunch of his fellow bartenders and create a gin that was specifically designed around cocktails. Oh, nice. And we take it Very a nice. step further. Well, you guys mentioned the labeling on the back. So a lot of gin companies, when, or any spirit company, when they produce a spirit, they put a lot of thought and intention into the juice in the bottle. But the physical bottle, they tend to like hire a marketing agency and say, hey, come up with our packaging for us, whatever's gonna be the most commercially accepted. Yeah. We went the other way around and we thought, you know what, as bartenders, we know the operations of what is actually reasonable behind a bar and what right. bartenders look for. 
So we actually worked with an ergonomic bottle designer to create our bottle. We own the patent on these bottles. Oh, nice. Very nice. So you like have the, the measuring matrix yeah. in milliliters and ounces. And the reason you see that double branding is these labels are actually stickers. Look at this. And they peel off completely clean so that way you have branding, like nice imaging on both sides. Oh, wow. So that you oh. can repurpose the bottle yeah. in oh, any wow. way that you want. That's super cool. Yeah, I've done I've done some work in, in restaurants and bars and like repurposing the bottles behind the bar. If you're doing a mixer that you want to have pre-made for a busy night, like that's perfect for that. Exactly. And that's it, right? We wanted to give the bars an opportunity to use those fresh juices and syrups and citrus, but maybe not have to take on the added cost of buying the vessel to store them in. Yeah. Like if you're carrying forage, just repurpose us and then you're you're good to go. It's maybe the first time on this podcast we've had something in our glass that wasn't whiskey. I'll tell you what though. I, I love, love it. I love the citrus notes and the mm. all the different floral notes you get with gin. Oh, I had a gin really and tonic fun. for the first time like a month ago. Yeah. Really? Yeah, never had one. That feels awful. <laughs> it was really good though. I liked it. <laughs> oh, good, I'm glad. Yeah. What gin did you have? We can talk about other gin. I think it was, uh, it wasn't me. I think he had maybe Amsterdam. It was something like New that. Amsterdam? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I see that a lot around here in Charleston, New Amsterdam. I think it's just, just it's cheap. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't buy gin. <laughs> well, hopefully now you will buy gin. So yeah, I'll buy some of this. Absolutely. This is Ford's. Ford's is a London dry, which is the higher end of that scale for gins. Um, New Amsterdam would come in kind of as a compound gin. Okay. Which essentially, the difference of that, what that means is a compound gin has added flavoring after distillation. And in order to be classified as a London dry, your entire botanical recipe and flavor profile has to go through distillation. Okay. With the gin. So a good example is like Hendrix. Everyone knows Hendrix. That that cucumber in rose, they're actually classified as a distilled gin, which would kind of land in the middle there uh, because they add that in after okay. the fact. Huh. Yeah. That flavor. It's similar to, to, some to, to whiskey, rules yeah. for bourbon, right? Yeah. Like exactly. You have, to, you have to have certain things and you can't yeah. add flavors later, things like that. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. So London Dry, um, we steep all nine of our botanicals, that citrus note you're, you're yeah. smelling right off the nose. We actually have, of our nine, three of our botanicals are citrus. Oh, okay. Well, so we have lemon, orange, and grapefruit. I get, and then, I get the orange and lemon for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then we're really coriander for it as well, oh, which nice. is like that toastiness yeah, you're getting there on the back. Yeah, coriander is one of my favorite spices. Mm, so delicious, right? Yes. So you're getting all those notes. We also utilize an Italian juniper. So when you're thinking about gin, um, especially London Dry's, Tangeray is a great example. It, people are very familiar with that that gin flavor profile right up front. Yeah, this yeah. is a little more subtle because the Italian juniper is a little bit softer and sweet. Ooh, that's right? very soft. Very soft for 90 proof as well. That's actually really good. That's uh, it's like I don't know what it reminds me of, but it's almost like fabric softener soft. Like it's, it's really super good. soft. I would like to be clear, it doesn't taste like fabric softener, <laughs> but I, I totally... No, it does not. No. I'm getting the lemon and the, and the lime kind of flavors from exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, so we steep our botanicals for 15 hours, and what oh, that wow. does is it's giving us a really heavy extraction, almost like if you leave a tea bag in for too long, how you get that extra oil content, Yeah. and that's that soft, creamy mouthfeel that you're feeling. How long does it take to, from the, the when you start that process, to having it in a bottle? Ooh, how long does it take? Yeah, do you know by chance? Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so we run our stills for about five hours. So okay. it, we basically fill the stills overnight and okay. let them sit. So they sit for 15 and then full distillation process takes about five hours. From there, the reason I say ooh, how long is because 
then we basically have to ship it out to our bottling facility. Right, right, right. So that's going to create a different kind of time delay. Mm -hmm. So we ship it out to a bottling facility where it will get cut to proof with uh, right. still well water. Yeah. And then it gets bottled. Okay. So you use well water. So like yeah. not limestone, I'm, just regular. Yeah. Okay. The reason I actually brought it up is for our listeners, we talk about the process for making whiskey or bourbon all the time, right? It's a very long, you know, at least a couple years for, for a decent bourbon to yeah, age. Four years is, is almost minimum. A, yeah. a lot of new distilleries will make gin while they're letting their first batch of whiskey or bourbon age so that they can get stuff Something on the shelves and get some revenue going in it. For, we've always explained, you know, well, it takes less time to get it into a bottle without the details of how. So that just, you just filled a bunch of holes for information that we've been telling folks for a while. Now. Yeah. Oh, so good. appreciate it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so really every company operates different. We actually distill in London. That isn't a requirement for oh, the wow. category, but that's where our distillery is. And we work with like this absolute badass of a master distiller. His name is Charles Maxwell. He's an eighth generation master distiller. Oh, wow. Which means like his family is on distilling license that were issued after the Volstead Act in like the 1500s. It's kind of wild, his history. Wow. But he has a distillery that we work with and it's called Thames Distillery and we don't have a bottling facility there. So that's where we wow. run into I see. a little turnover. But a lot of these places you're referring to, they would have a bottling facility on site. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. Is so it Thames, the like the River Thames? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So all of this is done in, in England and then sent here? Yep, and then shipped over. Interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. It's fascinating. Yeah. It is. I want to try this one with the sherry. Yeah. So this is, like I said, we started with the Fords and this is our officer's reserve, which is our homage to a Navy strain. <coughs> Pour a little out for the homie there. There you go. <laughs> I need to, we probably should be doing that as well. I know, right? We're going to be here all day. We're going to get wrecked. I love how I got a little heavy handed with your pour <laughs> no, there. No, you're good. I will drink it. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of color to it, but there's more. It almost looks like a white wine. Yeah, I would agree. You know, and that's that three weeks. We also throw in a couple staves from the sherry barrels to sort of uh, nice. concentrate that color a little further. Yeah. But I would say for a bourbon drinker, this is a bourbon drinker's gin. The, okay. the clarity on it is very good, too. Yeah. I mean, it comes off a of still, so it better be, but... <laughs> This is a bourbon drinker's gin. Okay. Wow. That's a flavor I've never tasted before. That is wild. Right? It's so fun because, I, like I told you, you almost forget for a second that you're drinking 109 proof gin. What do you call that flavor? When you describe Delicious. tasting notes. Yeah, oh. it's really good. <laughs> I just don't know how to describe that note. Uh, it's definitely you get you're getting a lot of that backbone structure of our gin. So there's a bit of that spice in there that's playing off of the subtle sherry. But that's sherry all day. That's really yeah. shining through. And because we're raising that ABV, it's amplifying all those other botanicals. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really good. I really do like that. It's, so this it's is drastically designed, different than than the other one. Like oh yes, hugely different. And only three weeks, and it changes that. Only much. three weeks and an ABV and the change. Higher, yeah, the higher. Would this be barrel proof, or it's also cut? No, we. I don't think it would be. I would say it's aged, but not really barrel proof. I okay. Think it would be. Yeah. So they do cut. They cut this with water. Then it's. Mm -hmm. it, what does it come off the still at? Like 120, 130? For the officers, I'm not really sure to be honest. Yeah. I always wondered because there's there's laws in bourbon and how much you can bring it off the still at. Yeah. And I just I was always curious about that on like gins and vodkas. Like right. you don't ever see like 130 proof vodka. You know. <laughs> no. 
That's true. Yeah. And I wonder why. I wonder if it just tastes like complete ass. Like Everclear? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Everclear is the first gin I ever had when I was significantly under. Ugh. It will rough you up. A level of responsibility to be handling gin. It yeah. roughs you up. I wouldn't. Yeah. I would not recommend it. I did. We, uh, one of us. One of us dipped our hand in and lit it. Was that me or you? Right. Probably sounds me. Like sounds like something would do, I would me. do. Yeah. <laughs> not you, no. 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 Gus is very responsible. He has kids, so his life is different. I'm well, still, you did say you've known each other since diapers, since so you diapers. could be recalling something that maybe you guys did when you were a bit younger. It's possible. I, I think know. it probably was me. I remember it, it, it was, going I'm well. I'm sure it was you. I remember it going well. I would remember that. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah. yeah. So, this actually, the best way to service this is in a gimlet cocktail, which, again, is an homage to the gimlet was a cocktail that was served back at the time. Uh, Everyone would get their daily ration of a lime cordial, Mm -hmm. and it was a big outbreak of scurvy was happening. And it was a way to be able to fight off scurvy. And so, they would take their shot of gin and then their lime cordial, which is known as, like, Rose's lime juice today. Although, (laughs) nowadays, it's got a ton of high fructose corn syrup and the recipe's changed a bit. (laughs) Um, So when you commonly go into a cocktail bar, if you wanted to order like officer's reserve and a gimlet, it'd be fresh lime juice and a little powdered sugar and it is a perfect, I call them patio pounders. I want to try that. Patio pounders. That's a a great name. Patio pounders. Yeah. It's a perfect patio pounder. I was thinking Irish like patty patio but you mean patio like the front porch i mean like sitting on the front porch yeah. drinking like a limeade spikes yeah. with overproof gin sounds like trouble yeah that sounds like something i'm gonna do this summer <laughs> <laughs> i really like this though oh great it's definitely our first um not whiskey on the podcast and i'm excited to talk about it it's fun it is yeah and i know you got to run at some point today so we have to get into the brown form and stuff we do well. This is Brown Foreman. Ford's is oh, a part they? of Brown Foreman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes more sense now. Why you're talking about exactly? <laughs> so when we started this company, um, it was the '86 company, and in 2019, we sold into Brown Foreman and became okay. their first gin in their portfolio. And it's been sense. a lot of fun. Yeah. So the London Dry, you don't have to be made in London to have that name. That's correct. But so do you a think good they example, would change that? No, I don't think so. Because it's just a production method. So okay. a, a good example is um, botanist gin. Have y'all ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. So botanist gin is a London dry style okay. of a gin. So it's just a style. It's not a geographical requirement like you gotcha. would see with like champagne, for yeah. example. Or Madeira or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And now I love how you say now we have to get into whiskey. I mean, it is kind of a privilege. It's <laughs> it's like fact. 12 in the morning or in the middle of the afternoon and we're sitting oh, yeah, overproof and yeah. got some bourbon coming. Why do you, thought, th- why I, do you think we started this podcast? Well, I looked over and I saw 12. It was like 01. I thought it was 12.10 and I was like, whoops, uh, we're going to run out of time. But it's 12.01 is 12 what 01, I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, I was trying to pull up... Um, some of my notes because I, I, I'm it's killing me that I cannot remember what we're coming off the still here and I was like I think I have it but oh, it's, it's okay it was just a question I didn't have to answer I know but I don't <laughs> like not having answers uh, you seem like the kind I of person that wouldn't like that we I'm the same that. way I'm very I will lose sleep over it yeah same <laughs> you'll text me later and be like uh, here's oh, the I'm answer. gonna send you like a full report after <laughs> well, be like, well, this is our entire production method this is the time it takes till we yeah. sell the first bottle a whole thing. And we'll put that in the video, so it's fine. Excellent. You, nobody will even know we didn't know. We'll Wait, this thing's there. recorded? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, what are we going to sip on next? Well, before we do that, I, yeah. I just, so we, we spoke a little bit about the, yeah, I'm going to drink this. Yeah, nope, I know what you're talking about. I forgot. I was like, we're going to get into conspiracy theories? Let me finish this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have brought water to rinse these out, but it's okay. Um, the, 
We did a video that took off pretty well on the Sazerac purchase of Early Times Wildman Bond, which is a brown foreign product. Mm -hmm. And we went through and kind of did a side by side and it tastes different. Now, uh, there's a lot of people saying, we had a comment this morning that was just ridiculous. Just people are stupid. They don't understand how things work. I'm not saying you are stupid. I'm just saying there are stupid people in the world. It's just the way he went way about to, it. He, he went about it. Well, I don't want to. Uh, yeah. He went about it very matter of fact. But our the thing is on the back of the bottle, it has DSP, KY, and the distiller, the distilled spirits plant in which it was distilled. And then it has the bottling plant. So the bottling plant was Brown Foreman. The distilling plant was early times. And then they sold it to Sazerac. So now the new ones still say the early times distillery. Right. But they were bottled at the Sazerac distillery. And my theory here is there was like it's different juice it's it's brown it's sazerac juice or whatever but it's not it's for sure brown foreman's creation but i believe that you guys put it all into plastic totes and shipped it to them and that time and the totes moving around i think it changed the flavor that's my theory and is that a common thing to do that's a pretty good theory i mean if we at Brown Forum, we own our own cooperage, so we might have just given them barrels. I don't know the fine terms of how that detail operated, if we did have anything in barrels. But if we didn't, it absolutely would have been put in those big plastic shipping bins and just sent right yeah. over to them, which could create a little bit of a difference. Yeah, it's it's more than flavor drift. It's more than profile drift or whatever the term would, would be for the change in flavor over time it's more than that it almost tastes young it tastes like a 24 dollar bottle of whiskey where it used to taste like a 50 60 when brown foreman made it it was fantastic we used to brag about it all the time we used it in our blind classes and we would teach people right next to buffalo trace and eagle rare or whatever there would always be an early times bottle in there and people would always pick it as their as their favorite i'm like guess yeah. what this is 24 dollars yeah, they, they absolutely made an incredible whiskey. I don't really know what production, maybe they made some production changes and mm -hmm. how they're doing it. I don't know what Sazerac has done with it since they took over the brands. I'm not saying that your theory is right, but I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah, I think it's a good <laughs> That's theory. That's fair. Yeah, right? I'll take that. I'll yeah. take that. I'm saying I'm gonna it's clip absolutely this and sell plausible, it right? It's an NFT. Perfect. I'm not saying you're right, but you're not wrong. But you're not wrong. <laughs> you know, I don't. <laughs> Can we clip that and use it on our show yeah. just randomly? We like might. That'll be a, that'll be a button. Oh, we'll oh, pay you a penny royalty every time we push the button. Oh, do perfect. You, That's a, actually a pretty good deal. I feel like you'll use that button a lot. Probably. Probably. <laughs> do you know what a bourbon personality is? Have you ever heard of this? I know the personality of a bottle of bourbon. Well, like, like hit the button like this. Bourbon personalities. Do you know what that is? <laughs> no. Okay. I just had to ask somebody in the industry if they knew. What? Who is that? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's someone that you would know his name, but we're not We have to pay a dollar every time we say his name, so we don't say his name. Oh, but you can use the audio I can clip, use the no audio problem. Clip. Yeah, I got that off YouTube, so. Huh. Free. Fair use. Yeah, fair use. I think. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out eventually. Yep. If he ever finds out that we're doing this, he's probably going to have a problem with it. Probably not. I just don't know what that is. I've never heard of it. Well, you know, if you did tell me, maybe after... I'll tell you. After. I well, might we'll, be able to make a call and be like, "Hey, do yeah. you have a problem with this?" <laughs> okay. In a hypothetical scenario, you would you 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 definitely know who this is. So interesting. Do you have a contact for a, someone at, at a cooperage for a cooper? We would love to talk to someone. Yeah. That makes barrels. I mean, with Brown Foreman, we yeah. own two cooperages ourselves, so sure. we can definitely work something yeah. out was, and yeah. see. It was a see loaded question. I figured you did. <laughs> you, you heard me say that before. <laughs> well, you well, I just wanted to like, yeah, because we we talk. 
the the art of building a barrel is fascinating to both of us. Uh, we yeah. just want to see it. <clears throat> it's incredible. Yeah, let's definitely talk about it, and yeah, yeah. we'll see who we can. We also have another show in Kentucky, and I think it'd be fun to have anyone from Brown Foreman come. And we're doing the same thing, like a live podcast deal. But we want to talk about the White Oak Initiative specifically, and why. Like we're running out of barrels, we're running out of wood, and I mm-hmm. think they said uh, eight. Is it? I, I keep forgetting. Is it twelve or eighteen? We have eighteen years left. Of barrels of, of wood. Yeah, based on current. If, if they don't change anything, yeah. there's 18 years left. With an industry that's massively increasing the demand for barrels. Yeah, especially so. with bourbon. It has to be a brand new chart of barrel. So yeah, if I think you can't the idea get new wood. is that it can be fixed, but yep. they need access to be able to manage more land yep. to give those young oaks time to. For sure. It's an interesting initiative. It's important, I think, for, for our industries. I think so too. We definitely have some people I would love to put in contact. When are you in Louisville? We're in Frankfurt, uh, and it's we'll actually be in Louisville yeah, in we'll April. Be in Louisville in April. Um, but the show that we're doing is in Frankfurt, and it's in October. Oh wait, Louisville. Oh yeah, we will be in Louisville. We'll be in Louisville in April, and yeah. then we'll we're going be, to the executive bourbon steward, the executive class. We're going to that in April. Awesome. We'll, yeah, we'll be in Lexington in September. Yeah, and then we'll be at Frankfurt for the event. Yes. Um, I think it's the last weekend of July. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I can definitely set you up. When you're in Louisville, if you have a little bit of a break, I can also set you up um, with some of our team there. Thursday. That'd be pretty cool. That Thursday. Me. Yeah. Yeah. We have an incredible Old Forester distillery experience that's absolutely worth checking out. I wanted to do, you have two, you have one that takes you to the private bar, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do that one, but it's like, it's either sold out or they're not selling tickets. I don't know which one it is. Both. <laughs> it's sold out when we sell tickets and then depending on covid spikes and how that goes we stop and close and so they're, it's not, a, they're not selling tickets because they're sold out yeah exactly which makes no. sense <laughs> we sell tickets and then it sells out and then sometimes we have to sort of shut down because of whatever's going on with covid at the time yeah, so makes sense. it's sort of then we end up having to shift people's dates and it gets a little tricky that makes sense okay yeah. Let's get into some Old Forester because I'm thirsty. Yeah. So this is the original batch starting off the Old Forester Whiskey Row series, which you said you're familiar with. Love it. For those that aren't, um, basically Old Forester is such an incredible company. It is the founding brand for the Brown Foreman Company. The Brown Foreman Company is a family-owned company. And some cool historical facts. It's actually one of the only companies, especially from a bourbon side from that family and that world, that has been continuously distilling since, and as family owned, continuously distilling since the founding of the brand in 1870. So we launched this line, it's a specific series with four marks, which is called the Whiskey Row series. Okay. And it basically just showcases what's happened to Old Forester over the years and all of these like huge things that were happening around the world that would have caused subtle differences and changes to the whiskey. Mm-hmm. So the first one that we're going to taste is our founding brand, which is our original batch. It's the first one in the Old Forester Whiskey Row series coming in at 90 proof and it is the 1870. And I might give me a small so I can swirl and, and, dip, and dip. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get that gin out of there. Yeah, Old Forester is the the there's a grape big lead chew flavor and some old forester single barrels that is if i find that i'm like i have to, i must have must i just have. absolutely <laughs> love it and like there's two distilleries gus can tell you we talk about it all the time there's two distilleries that i'm in love with 
Old Forester is it's in this one. Is one? Is it's, it? It's on the nose, big as day. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Look at that. Yeah, it's a very nostalgic callback. I you love it. To, uh, it takes me back to T-ball field with the the big yeah. the pouch of the the grape flavored. Yep. Yeah. So that's on. Old Forester and Wild Turkey are like my. If people are like, "What's your favorite bourbon?" And I'm like, "You love Blands, right?" It's like hate Blands. I mean, I don't hate it, but I, I refuse to drink it. It's 93 proof. It's not good. It's not my thing. It's, it's just it tastes watered down. But the this smell right here on this, does all 1870s have this smell? They do, yeah. Uh-huh. And I love that you referenced that because one of the fun things is I think sometimes when you're tasting whiskey, a lot of people feel like there are certain set amount of terms that they need to be like hitting for, um, oh, it's supposed to taste this way or this is what I taste and they want to get the verbiage right. Right, right, right. But the truth is your olfactory system is completely... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> your olfactory You're system, good. yeah. <laughs> the truth is, your olfactory system is actually tied to your personal memory and your own experience. So For the sure. fact that you're right away like yeah. big league chew, someone might get a completely different nose yeah. on that that has never experienced that scent before. Yep. So like, yeah, that's probably not going to be your textbook response. Like, it's definitely not in the aromatics flavor profile no, no, yeah. Put out. <laughs> yeah. this is not oh, vanilla caramel <laughs> we encourage that when we yep. when we teach new people or even when we're talking on the show uh, we encourage recalling things and places and people not necessarily there's enough people in podcasts and shows that do vanilla and yeah, cherry we, like, we but, don't do that you know like i want to Christmas, you know, yeah. gingerbread. Yeah, what, do you really what, what, what does it make you think about? Yeah, yeah it reminds me of my grandma sitting on the front porch snapping green beans. Like, I want to hear that story. Now, now, tell me that story. That's way better than it's like when people say smooth. We hate the word smooth, <laughs> not because it's overused, but I think that's a boring uh, word. I think it doesn't tell me anything. Yeah, it's not quite as descriptive. I'm a big fan of the word or the term oil slick. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I get. I get people that are like, that doesn't really sound that appetizing. Like, don't uh. use that. I'm like, no, but if you've ever had something that, that it's a weighted, yeah. like, textural feeling. Yeah. It coats your mouth. It's oily. You have an oily mouth it feel. Feels, and you can heavy. tell by looking at the legs on a Glen and how it runs. And it's like, that's one of the first things that we do. You know, Freddie, Freddie always does the, does the, like, the clap thing. And we stole that from him. Um, and we do it at our whiskey classes. But there's a lot you can tell about whiskey before you ever taste it. A ton. And the majority of it. Some cute puppies barking Welcome around. Welcome to Seaweed. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Seaweed. I'm so easily distracted by dogs. I've got three dogs of that my own. The so. first thing you said to me when you walked up, you were like, you did not tell me there'd be cute dogs here. And I was like, there's a lot of cute dogs here. <laughs> yeah. And they're every. I mean, literally everywhere. And most of them, a lot of them aren't even on leashes. They just kind of hang out and mm-hmm. do their thing. Yeah. They're so well behaved. Honestly, I mean, if I don't leave here with a dog, I'm going to feel like... <laughs> Such a success. I want that green day, that green day. I, I want that yellow lab. Oh, so yeah? let's just both. I'll help you if you help me. Yeah, I got you. I don't know if there's much adopting going on. So are we stealing dogs today? Yeah, yeah you, I think that's what's happening. You steal the Great Dane. I'll steal the lab. I would love to and see you steal a Great Dane. I think that I could do it. <laughs> what I might just go get it. One of us could ride it out of here. Yeah. yeah, it's the biggest great Dane I've ever seen. It comes up to really my belly big. button. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Big. I mean, they are called gentle giants for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I wish they lived longer. I would have gotten one back in the day if they lived longer. Yeah, they do end up like health issues and yeah. hips and stuff. I think that heart is just hard to pump all that blood. Probably. <laughs> they say that about tall people too. Man, I love whiskey. Oh yeah. 
So that's crazy. It has that yeah. bubblegum flavor that I didn't know. I, to be honest with you, I rarely go below 100 proof. Mm. So I don't have the 1870s. The only one of the whiskey row that I don't have. I told you before, 1920 is one of my favorites. Um, that's 115 proof that's is jam, fantastic. Though. I think that's it. 115 proof is why people lean in on yeah. that one. It's so good. Yeah, it's good. To just go to any store and be able to get 115 proof whiskey, that should be illegal. It's solid. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. <laughs> It's a fun one. Actually, for the 115, for the 1920, it's our Prohibition edition. Yep, yep. yep. We're not going to taste it today, but for anyone that does have a bottle at home, I love making an old-fashioned with it and making a cinnamon fig syrup. What? Okay. Yes. What? Cinnamon fig. I have a fig tree it in a my fig yard. Tree. My there mom it is. loves to do, make fig preserves. Yep, she's so happening. make a fig syrup and throw in some fresh cinnamon sticks, maybe yep. like a anise pod or two, and cook okay. it to a nice, beautiful, delicious syrup. Get yourself some walnut bitters. So you're going to replace Angostura on the old-fashioned with walnut bitters to add like a nutty dryness. Yeah. And make your old-fashioned with 1920. And those natural cinnamon notes and that high proof really balances... Yeah. So instead of, I do a little less than a half ounce because, you know, it's got, it, you want the flavor profile sure, of the whiskey of to show up. You don't want to be overly sweet. Sure. But it's just enough to sort of play into that <laughs> natural cinnamon. Do you have any frozen ones? We're going to do this today. <laughs> okay. I'm making this tonight. It is really yeah, good. It's going to be mm, game changing. And I love making new cocktails. Like we we sell a cocktail smoker um, that's made out of bourbon barrels. And I'll show it to you before you leave. And then we use a local company called Bitter Milk. They used to own the gin joint downtown, gin. Yeah. And uh, they started, um, and Sarah is her name, and I meet her all the time. Her and her husband started this company. And it makes fantastic cocktails. But it's like, I, sometimes I, I want to make it myself. I don't want to use a syrup. Yeah. And so this is right down my uh, my alley. Yeah, you're going to love it. It is really delicious. It's my go-to every time. I love that you have a fig tree in your backyard. It's a, Yeah. It's a, it feels <laughs> ser- very serendipitous. It doesn't sound that yeah, – that's not something you would think someone would have in their yard. But no. I do have a fig tree in my yard. It, it produces well, some figs. To, to call back to our conversation earlier, in your 20s, would you have been excited that you had a – a fig tree in your yard. Right. I have a line that my husband and I always say, and we're constantly like, "This is thirty. This is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This right, is where we're at this, in life." Um, yeah, so let's jump one, up. Right? One more. We got. I yeah. know you got to run. We'll give you time to prep for what you got to do. So let's finish this guy. Oh, I did. Yeah, she's gone. He. <laughs> Sorry. He. She's gone. So now we're jumping forward a little bit, right? So the very next time that we're going to see a change in our recipe from the original bottling yeah. is we are moving forward to 1897. And something really crazy happens. So when we first created our brand, the company was founded by a gentleman named George Garvin Brown, who was a pharmaceutical representative. Okay. And it's named after a local doctor that would be able to prescribe it. And his name was Dr. William Forrester. And that's why it's Old Forrester. Okay, so now we're jumping forward, right? So one of the unique things is when the brand was created, there wasn't really a whole lot of regulation. And a lot of people were getting very sick. So... Old Forester is actually the very first bottled in glass. Exactly. They used to just dump them out of barrels. Exactly. And And then they would add stuff to the barrels. Yeah. Yep. And people were getting sick and dying and all this crazy shit was happening. Right. Yeah. So when Old Forester, (laughs) when George Garvin Brown, we call him GGB, (laughs) when he launched, his whole thing was the first bottled, right? And the reason was is because we could create consistency and then you knew where you were at with that. Absolutely. So... That was a necessity at the time when we launched the brand. But then 
Come 1897, the federal government steps in and they say, this has gotten really out of hand. People are dying. Like this is becoming a major issue. We need to set and establish some regulation. So that's when the Bottled and Bond Act passes. Right. And now there's requirements for regulation. For the sake of time, I imagine you guys know tons about the yep. bottle and bond. Minimum four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yep. got it. Got uh, it. <laughs> warehouse storing, federal yep. warehouse, all that good stuff. Yep. So I that's, want that job, by the way. I know how cool, right? To be like, <laughs> uh, yeah, give me all your barrels. Yeah. And I'm going to keep eyes me, on them. Yeah, I won't open I'll them. them. I gotcha. I gotcha, right? <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah, so you know, there's the distilling seasons and yep. all that good stuff. So that's the first time that you start to see from our original batch recipes coming in at 90 proof. Now we have to meet these new federal regulations. Yeah. So that's when you see the first change in our recipe a little bit. So now we're coming up to 100 proof, and that's what we're going to taste right now. So that's the expression is the 1897 that showcases what happened to our recipe during Bottled and Bond. And we always tell people that are new to whiskey, go find a Bottled and Bond and, and start there. It's a great, great way to start because really that's the first time you're going to start to see um, that regulation come in and those more quality whiskeys start to sort of surface. And it's properly aged. Four years is plenty of time. I mean, it is over 10. I, I don't like over 10. It's usually over oaked. Mm, but, but have you ever had birthday bourbon? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, all sure. of a sudden you yeah. like over I 10, though. The 117 as well. I have a bottle of the 117. I got really lucky and, uh, and got a bottle of that. Have you all ever tried? Uh, the 117 is Jackie Zycan. She's our master taster. Yep. She's coming out with a new batch of it. Have you guys seen anything about it? I haven't seen it? the new one, no. Okay, so maybe I'll be back in March. Maybe I'll bring a bottle. And we you can should. We'll be here in March. a fun time yeah. with that. We will be here in March. <laughs> I'll be here for food and wine, so. Oh, we're going to actually hang out with you at food and wine. Perfect. We're not, we're we not have working tons of events yeah, going no, no. on. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Good. Perfect. Hmm. You get that grape on this, too. But the mouthfeel on this is so good. It literally drinks like water. And uh, the reason that I love the 1897 is when, when people say smooth, this is the epitome of that word. Oh, that word, Agreed. right? Yeah. It is yeah. so, it just it just goes down. This is easy. It goes down easy. It, you you get, can chug this bottle for you sure. You get all of those typical right down the middle bourbon notes. It's great to introduce someone to bourbon. It's great for if you appreciate, and you know, you're more of a, you've been drinking a while and you appreciate whiskey more. Yep. It's still good. Make great for cocktails. You can do it for it. Use it for anything. It's great. Yeah. One of the fun things is, right, like we're still talking about the same mash bill here. Mm-hmm. And your big difference is just going to be that difference in proof. Yep. But that's the cool thing, right? Alcohol acts as an amplifier. So right. when you're increasing that proof, now these notes that you did not notice in the 1870 are yeah. showing up in a completely different way. Yep. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, Jen, I know you got to go. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to hang out with us and bring us some whiskey and bring us some gin. In my honor. Oh, I thought that was happening in the background. You (laughs) played that. It is. Don't look behind you. Don't look. There's a huge crowd. I I was like, oh my God, they love me. We're uh, so happy that you came and, and took time, and we're excited for stuff we're going to do in the yeah, future. It's going to be fun. Me too. Yeah, we'll bring one seventeen, and we'll make a bunch of cocktails together okay. and sort do of you need, out. Would you like to plug anything yeah. or company or anything? You want? Yeah, um, follow us on social media, Forge Gin. We are always posting a bunch of really cool cocktail videos teaching yep. people how to play with gin. Again, you know. As you search for Forge Gin, Forge Gen will show up. So, yeah. you know, give me a there follow too. Um, and same with Old Forcer. Make sure you follow Old Forcer, and we're always promoting and advocating some really cool stuff with the brands. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, you guys. Thank you for coming. Yeah, we really appreciate it. All right. All right. Enjoy the show. Yeah, bye. Bye.